If you're interested in partnering with Magical Storybook English Nanny Bedtime Stories or wanting to know more about sponsorship opportunities, then visit our website www.magical-storybook.com. You can also download free read-along books to accompany our fairy tales. Our Magical Storybook podcast, Mere and the Curse of Camelot, is now an exciting new novel, available to download on Amazon or buy as a printed book. Follow the link in the podcast details. Welcome to Magical Storybook, a collection of children's stories from around the world. Mia and the Curse of Camelot Chapter 12 The Battle Begins A witch that fights fiercely to rule earth and sky does not care a jot that many will die. They watch the Knights of the Round Table advance towards Tarask's dragons countless stone courtiers staggering behind. The blades of their swords had been returned to the shiny steel that they once were, and were just as sharp and deadly. We're too late, said the dream fairy. What? Quickly, go in and break the spell, pleaded Mia. The dream fairy shook her head. Alas, I cannot, she sighed. My musical bell only talks to those who are asleep. These poor souls are awake, under an influence that is far greater than mine. Mia and Morian were devastated that their last hope was gone. Morian immediately drew the dragon sword and ran towards the impending battle, shouting, Find my horse and bring her to me, as he went. Come on! said Mia to the weeping fairy. Let's go and look for Charger. The fairy bumbled along slowly, so Mia gave her bubble an encouraging prod. Cheer up, we can still help, but we need to move quickly. Mia could see that the fairy was annoyed at such prodding familiarity, but after giving Mia a disapproving look, she began to shift much faster. Everyone from the castle was now involved in the fighting, leaving the gateway open and unguarded. Mia looked around for the guard cats, but they were nowhere to be seen. They snuck in. Tarask and the dragons held their positions as the craggy knights got nearer. Now they were only a few feet away. Morian stood alongside them with the dragon sword held up, ready for combat. Do you think that your mortal weapons are any match for dragons? Came the air-shaking warning from Tarask as he exhaled a jet of flames over them. But the heat had no effect on the cursed figures and they continued moving forward. Morgana's shrieking laughter echoed through the night sky as she spat out mocking insults. The dragons, on seeing Morgana upon the roof, took to the air and flew towards her, leaving Morian alone on the ground. A hundred statues were now upon him, and his night training kicked in. Stand down, 
he commanded, holding the dragon sword out in front of him. Knights of the Round Table, you fight for King Arthur, not the witch. Morian could smell the putrid damp mould that clung to the knights as they pulled on the reins of their horses, rearing up and then surrounding him. They stopped. In one simultaneous movement, every stone man, woman, dragon and gnome looked at him. He shifted nervously. Then he spotted Lancelot. He took his chance to try and get through to whatever remained of his friend. Lancelot, he cried. It's me, Morian, son of Anglovale. Do you not recognise me? For an instant, a flash of recognition appeared in Lancelot's eyes. But then the swirling black mist of Morgana's spell surrounded him and it was gone. As the statues closed in on him, he used the dragon sword to block their blades and maces as they crashed down on him, and he ran towards the castle. Mia and the Dream Fairy made their way to the walled gardens at the back of the castle. The moonlight was enough to reveal the flowers in the beds that had long since died and lay rotting among the weeds. There were large ornaments of animals on the lawns, but no sign of Charger. As they walked through a brick archway, they entered another garden. This one was full of overgrown bushes that Mia presumed were once sculpted into shapes. She was just about to go through an old open gate when she spotted two familiar figures standing side by side. They had carved helmets with two pointed ears sticking out of the top. Jack! she cried, and Jim, oh no. She touched each of the castle guard cats on the nose and apologised for getting them into trouble. The sudden noise of dragons in the air above her made her jump. We'll be back to free you soon, she said, when it's safe. Then she and the dream fairy continued their search for Morian's missing horse. The pathways on the other side of the gate were even more overgrown than the gardens, and prickly brambles grew across them like spider webs. The fairy floated over them while Mia did her best to push them down with her feet and walk through them. A loud scrubbing noise came from one of the nearby shrubs. She looked over and saw that poking out from the bottom of it was a pair of long, pointed cloth shoes standing on tiptoes. Next to them were a wooden bucket and a cloth. She walked around to the other side of the shrub and saw that it was Odd Job. He was surprised to see her and even more surprised to see a fairy looking over his shoulder. Oh, thank goodness, he said. I thought you were the witch. He was cleaning one of the statues by the light of a candle that he had attached to his bucket. A terrifying cackle rang out overhead. It's okay, said Mia. She's still up there. What are you doing, Job? Don't you know what's happening out there? Job looked up and scratched his chin, but he seemed to be unbothered by the dragons flying overhead. He shrugged his shoulders and carried on scrubbing what looked like mould. Anyway, he said, ignoring what Mia had just said. 
I was pleased that you stopped by in the forest and said hello. You reminded me that I still had the keys to the cellar doors and that I hadn't given my lords and ladies a good clean for a while. I've been sneaking them out one by one and getting rid of the mould. It's extremely damp down there. It grabs hold of them so quickly. Then he stood back with his hands on his hips and looked satisfied that this one was finished. Poor old Merlin here had green patches all over him. It would have made him feel quite itchy. Mia's jaw dropped as our job turned the statue around and she saw the unmistakable carved beard, pointed hat and robes of Camelot's most powerful wizard. Merlin! She shouted, jumping for joy. Job, you brilliant man! I think that you've just saved Camelot. The dream fairy did not wait for the signal. She took out her bell and began to ring it over the wizard. Suddenly, there was a loud bang as part of the roof of the castle came crashing down. Mia, Job and the dream fairy ran and when they looked back, they saw that Merlin had been crushed under a pile of rubble.